Obviously, want to dig into the new album and talk about the upcoming tour, coming to the Whiskey here, and get your opinion on a couple things, look in the rearview mirror a little bit. But uh, let's start with the album. In the past year and change that we've all been kind of dealing with this crazy pandemic and how it's impacted every band on the planet, and I'm kind of curious for you guys, where were you at, say, March of 2020 with the new material for Blood in the Water? Was the album done? Was it half written kind of take me back to march of 2020 it was very close to being done and we were pushing it uh trying to finish it all up but you know as horrible as the pandemic has been it was a bit of a blessing for us because we actually got to take our uh, a little bit of extra time and put some finishing touches on our record you know we originally were scheduled to go out with except at the beginning of this year in january so we were trying to get the record out and get it pumped for that uh in europe but uh since everything got pushed back we ended up rescheduling for 2020 too so it ended up being a blessing for us to be able to do that you know uh, so now we're, we're back on schedule we're supposed to go back out in 2022 with accept and everything is you know starting to roll again so we were pretty much done with it in march with the record being done in march then did you go back in and, and tinker with it and, and, and mess around with it anymore or did you just leave it be at that point we did tinker around with it a little bit more. And, and like I said, you know, just taking that little extra touch and, you know, because there's always timelines that you got to meet. And it was just nice not to have that this time and have to, you know, stress out about it. Every musician that makes a record, we all go back and go, man, I wish I could have done this differently. I wish, I just wish. And even on this one, we, we still have little things that we still could have, you know, could have, would have, should have and stuff. But by no means as many as there is on like the rest of our records. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. It, you know, it turned out pretty cool. You know, a couple of us ended up uh, having some of the sickness there for a while, too. And it's been a horrible year, but we were able to make a, a record that we were really, really proud of. Always kind of curious, too, with every band that I talked to. Was there any sort of mission statement for you individually or for the band on this album? Or is it just kind of like the next batch of songs up for you guys? Uh, if there was a mission statement, it was to try to, uh, the statement was to try to top the end of chaos, which was our previous <laughs> record. When we embarked on the, uh, on making this thing, uh, that was what our original goal was. It's like, we got to make a record that's as good as our last one. Uh, I think every band tries to achieve that. And we were a little nervous because we got rave reviews on the end of chaos. But, you know, when it was all said and done, when we heard the mix, uh, we all just kind of sat back and said, yes, this is equally as good, if not better. You know, I'm probably more proud of this record than any other record that we've done. I'm not just pushing our record either because every musician is like, oh, this is the best record we've ever done, you know, whenever they release a record. Right. This one, actually, I think we, we're all just kind of like looking, looking at it and listening to it going, yeah, this definitely tops anything that we've done for sure. Begging the question then, do you have a favorite track on the new album? Ooh, I like the song Reaggression. <laughs> and the reason why I like it is because it, it goes from like this in-your-face, like, freight train just nonstop and then it comes down into like a very like moody part in the middle of it and then it picks back up and it hits the freight train again that's like the, the re-aggression part I don't even know if there's a word in the dictionary called re-aggression but uh, <laughs> AK had uh, it came up with that term and it was just kind of cool how it fit with the record the record just gets re-aggressive and in your face you know I love so it that song especially yes Love it. Love it. And, you know, as we look up, look to the current, I also wanted to look back and say congrats on 35 years of Flotsam. I mean, I always kind of mark a, a band's anniversary as a debut album. And Doomsday for the Deceiver just turned 35 last month. Man, crazy. 
Yeah, I think we're approaching our our silver anniversary. Is it our silver anniversary? Is that what that is? No, that's <laughs> so. we we passed that. Huh? Thanks, though, man. Thank you for uh, recognizing that, and we're super thankful to be still relevant after all these years. You know, we're still able to go out and do it and tour, and uh, we're actually seeing our older fans that were with us when that first record came out 35 years ago. We're seeing newer fans, too, that weren't even born in that in that era. And it's just really cool to see that. You know, kind of ironic as we're talking about time and, and record and the new record having all the time in the world you wanted and that first record having zero time to get, to get that record done. <laughs> zero time and zero budget. Yeah, that's always scary, you know, when that red light comes on with a recording you and you know you've only got a day or, or 10 hours in the studio to finish all your tracks. I think we had, for Doomsday for the Deceit, I think we had a total of 10 days to finish it in a $10,000 budget. We definitely knew the songs when we went in there, but still, you know, no matter how good you know the songs, when, when someone hits that red light, when Bill Matoyer was hitting the red light, you get that red light fever and you kind of freeze up a little, especially, you know, I think I was 17 years old at that time. So I was, I was wow. terrified. I can imagine. I can imagine. But a testament to how great that record is. I mean, a lot of those songs still in the set today. And speaking of set, how the hell do you put together a set list after 35 years? We got you coming on the Brace for Impact tour, coming to the uh, Whiskey A Go Go on August the 26th. Is it impossible to do a set list now? I mean, how do you balance the old stuff with Doomsday stuff versus the Blood in the Water stuff? That's funny you ask that because we just did a rehearsal uh, just a few minutes ago and we're sitting down to put the set together. You know, there's some songs, some of the classic songs like No Place for Disgrace and Hammerhead and I Live You Die which absolutely have to be in the set yeah. where people they get they get angry with us you know <laughs> and they're like what you know what's the deal but then the newer songs too people want to hear this you know and we're super thankful for this too because a lot of a lot of bands release new material, but they still have to go back and play the classics. So we're really, really grateful that, that we're getting requests to do a lot of our newer stuff as well as the classics, you know? Yeah, I find that impossible to do. I mean, like you said, you got you, <laughs> there's songs you have to play. And then at the same token, I'm sure that there's songs, new songs that you want to play. It's fresh and new and exciting for you to play as well. Oh, yeah. I, I can't wait to get out there and jam these in front of people. I, I think it's going to be great. And I'm looking forward to the frenzy of... of uh, people that have been locked up and cooped up and they just want to let let loose you know so i'm really looking forward to that hey man i cannot wait and uh you know on one on one kind of sad tip i do have to get into it but rest in peace mike howe from metal church and i imagine you had to cross paths with him over the years yeah you know it's tragic we've done all kinds of shows with uh festivals in europe tons and tons of festivals with metal church and over the last 10 years, we've, we keep crossing paths trying to tour America together. For whatever reason, our schedules just haven't worked out. But what a, what a tragic loss and what a great band Metal Church is. And uh, I don't know, but yeah, it, it leaves me speechless uh, about, about what happened. It's terrible. Did you have any personal interactions with Mike over the years? Any, any good stories you can recount? No, not, I don't have any like good stories about that. But, you know, when, when we see each other at the festivals and stuff, it'd be like, hey, dude, what's up, man? You know, high five or whatever, or, or uh, fist bump, you know, and uh, just some small talk. But, you know, we all knew each other. Same genre of metal and, you know, same fans are going to the shows. So, you know, like I said, we just we've done a ton, a ton of festivals with those guys. Yeah, loving loving what they were doing recently and having Mike back in the band and stuff. It really felt like they were kind of getting going again, getting back on that right path. And and the two of you together would have been uh, sick, sick. (laughs) 
One other thing I got to hit you with, and you know, we're one of those old school radio stations. We we still do mandatory metallic every night at 10 o'clock. Obviously, there's the Jason Newstead connection, but I want to take it to you personally and, and forget about Jason for a second. Obviously, a part of the band. I'm kind of curious because ironically, now is the 30th anniversary of the Black Album. And I'm kind of curious for you, thinking back on 30 years ago, we're thinking back on 35, now we're going back to 30. Curious what your first impressions were of the Black Album. Album. Were you amazed? Were you disappointed? Do you remember that? Take me back to the first hearing those tunes on the Black Album. Absolutely. Uh, this is a great question because in large events in your life, like just say uh, this is a terrible example, like the World Trade Center when that happened, I guarantee you 99.9% of the people on the planet know exactly where they were when they heard that news. Mm. And you remember, you know, you remember where you were at, you remember everything around you, what room you were at, uh, what time of day. Same thing when I heard Inner Sandman the first time, the same type of reaction. Like I still remember exactly when I heard it, like it was yesterday. So that's the impact that that song had. And I can never like limit myself. If you're in a thrash band, you can't, whatever's inside you, if you just have music inside of you and whatever you write, that's how it comes out. There's no crime committed, you know? I mean, if that's just how it comes out, I mean, there's just no crime. You know, even though they went from uh, like super thrash, setting the pace for all these speed metal and thrash bands, and then they came out with, you know, the black record years and years later, it still to me seems like it was on track and on par with what they were supposed to be doing. If I could, supposed to be is a bad word, is, would be a bad <laughs> word for that. But it just seems like they wrote from their heart, which is a big reason why it was so successful. So it didn't seem like a misstep to you. It was just the next step for them. You put it way better than I just did. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, speaking of, of Metallica, I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be the Black Album, but since we're talking about it, do you have a, a favorite? It probably Inner Sandman. I love that song. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time and the great music and best of luck out there on the road. And hopefully the show doesn't get canceled. All right. Well, come and say hi to me, man. I definitely will. Thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate it. Mike, thank you. I'll talk to you on the 26th. See you then. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. All right, brother. Bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.